I know you did not. Did he fart? I know you lying. No, I don't know what he did, but I heard something. I know you're talking about Stitch. That's because I was like, it's not the baby. It's definitely Stitch. <laughs> no, it's Stitch. As soon as I started to talk, I'm like, I don't know if it was a snore or if it was his ass because he didn't poop today. You know what? It's not about him. <laughs> Anywho, this isn't about him. This is about us. Welcome back <laughs> yes. to the Novel Society. Should I call them our scholars? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where we are continuing the Heartstopper saga with volume three. If I couldn't fall more in love with this character, with this couple, yes, this this volume did it. I was it like, really sitting here and I was like, oh, blushing, giggling, kicking my feet. Like it was so cute. I was just like, yeah. You you know what it was for me? The fact that everybody was getting it in, right? On the street, everybody, right. the students. The teachers. Oh, we got to talk about that at some point. We got to talk about that. I love how it opens into his parents saying, all right, no more sleepovers. His sister was like, we don't want any grandbabies in here. He was like, thanks for letting us know. We love you very much. Uh, No more sleepovers. No hanky-panky in the house. No more closed doors. And Nick's brother's an asshole. Oh, my God. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Like, I could not have agreed more with that. Like, that, I had secondhand embarrassment. And the funny thing was, I feel like it was hinted a little bit. It it was just such a contrast compared to how the mother reacted to the news. That I was just like, girl, you birthed this? Like, this came out of you? Right. And I felt like she could have did more. She could have. Because she was just like, oh, boy, stop fighting, stop fighting. No, you need to jump on his ass and let him know that that type of behavior is not okay. Yep. Like, I know, or I'm assuming that you didn't raise him to be like that. Clearly not, because Nick is a doll. Yeah, his brother was a complete dick. Uh, I hope he burns in hell with gasoline draws for eternity. God damn, though, with gasoline draws? Like, that would fuck. Gasoline draws, bitch. I should go on I love the growth here where they go from hiding to being comfortable with each other to now they can't wait to tell the world. But now there's just that hesitation and just how Charlie is so like, I just don't want him to go through what I went through. That amount of empathy and compassion. It was so sad. But it's like a self-sacrificing compassion. This is what made me fall in love even more with this couple because they both were trying to make the other as comfortable as possible since day one it was that dynamic of each of them just wanting the other to have the comfortability of being themselves to to the best that they both could provide for each other that i was just like green flags all the way yeah and also a little bit of charlie being like i don't know if i'm actually ready for everybody to know because not only do i not want you to have that experience I also don't want you to feel a certain type of way if it does happen. And then it's like reliving it for me as well. And it's like traumatic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was just like, oh, I hope this I hope this works. Out. I really I need it to work out. And, you know, they're getting a lot more risky with their um, affection and the coach. I fully expected them to go all the way. I, at at one point, <laughs> I really was like, "Oh, this is this is getting juicy." I was like, "This is it's, it's this about is to go down." Happen. They're getting much more like comfortable with each other. The intimacy is there, but I loved how supportive the coach was. Yes, I really, I really enjoyed the fact that like the coach doesn't treat them any differently, doesn't make them feel like there is anything you know wrong with them or you know nothing like that the fact that she you know talked to nick about something so so like mundane and then just clearly told him like you have my support 
if anybody talked to to you a certain way or even to Charlie a certain way, you come tell me and I'll straighten them out. Simple as that. And the whole reason for that is because she probably didn't have that type of support when she was younger, being that, you know, she too, she was a lesbian and like she married her girlfriend. As to me, I think that is like the amount of support they're getting from everybody. Even Nick's rugby friends, even the the good ones. I feel like the best part of the coach is her saying, that includes you. So if you hurt Charlie's feelings, you're going to have to speak with me because she was there from day one. She saw what he went through. And other thing, uh, Charlie, not Charlie's friends, Nick's friends. Nick wanted to tell them so bad. But I thought that was so great, though, because clearly they already know. They're just waiting for him to be comfortable enough to tell them and like them bickering back and forth. I feel like that's such a normal thing to happen. You know what I mean? Because you just want the person, you want the person to trust you enough to just tell you. And I love that. I love that they were looking for that trust for him because they kind of felt like since they were asking for forgiveness, him trusting them with that would have been like a token. And he was like, damn it, why'd you say it like that? He was going to tell us, you know, like you messed it up. Yeah. He could, he would have, he would have, because he was standing there on the verge, like, never mind, see you guys later. Yeah. Can we get into the Paris trip? Yes. The honeymoon trip? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's let's go ahead. Let's get into it. It was a honeymoon trip. trip. It would have been, it would have been had they been allowed to sleep in the same bed. But Tao's ass had to go and fuck that up. I find him annoying. Is that bad? Like, I I really find this dude. Annoying as Don't get me wrong. I know his intentions are good. I, I understand. But like it's childish. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> we say this all the time. All the time. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's such a dynamic. At the same time that the reader's looking at this, what what you said. He's annoying. You know, he's like a barrier. But at the same time, Charlie's trying to protect him. Charlie's trying to be a good friend. Charlie's like, okay, I need to make sure that I tell him personally and that I tell him at the right time. But at the same time, he is big mouthed and so you have these two contrasting views of him. Do you think he should have told him right off the jump? Or do you think he should have kept it a secret? No, I completely agree with him keeping it a secret until he was ready to tell Tao. What I don't agree with is Tao being an annoying fucking dickhead. And be like, oh, I, I just thought I'd save you the trouble of sleeping in the bed with Nick. You know full well I wanted to sleep in the fucking bed with Nick. You know full well. Well, he doesn't really. I wanted to be a little spoon. But here you are cock blocking. With a capital C. I want to be little spoon. <laughs> well, I would say how him being like not being one of the first to find out means that he's supposed to be his best friend. I get it. I get that like it was a blow to tell that he wasn't the first one to know. But I think. Or the second. Or the second or the third or the, or the fourth. <laughs> um, but like, I think that one friend, what is it, What is the name? Um, Al- Alden? Alad? Yeah. I think the intention there was, hey, I saw what happened the first time around. And I know that that's your best friend. And I know that you guys love each other. And I know that he okay. didn't intentionally say it. However, your, your best friend does have a big mouth. So like, if you're not comfortable with it, you know, being out and about, then maybe right now isn't the best time to like tell him. And I get that Tao was very upset that he wasn't the first person to know. However, his reaction made me sit and be like, this is very one-sided. I looked at it from the perspective of that, like what Alan told him about 
Tao having a big mouth mm-hmm. and accidentally outing Charlie. Um, I also looked at it from the fact that during volume one and volume two, he did not like Nick. Right. He did not approve of Nick and Charlie's friendship. So it's like if you're coming at Nick so hard and you also don't like us being together. And on top of that, like I found out that you might be the reason that I was outed. Those are three different things. It's like, I'm not going to be comfortable to tell you right off the bat. I get that Tao was upset. And it's not like he was upset with Charlie. He was upset with himself. Because I get like that too, where it's like somebody tells me something. And I'm like, damn, I get so upset with myself that I have to like separate myself from whatever I'm doing, whoever I'm with. Especially seeing like everything that Charlie had to go through. Right. And Tao, what his background story mm. is. His name is Tao? Tao? His name is Tao? T-A-O. Yeah. Bitch, you let me sit here and call him Tao. Tao. For like 30 minutes. Tomatoes. No. I could be wrong. (laughs) Now I'm second guessing myself. I could be wrong. Do we need to play the show? (laughs) No, you got me here so stupid. Somebody correct us if we're wrong. Is it Tao or is it Tao? I also have an accent, so that don't count. I pronounce a lot of words wrong. (laughs) No, bitch. No. I read it as Tao, but it could be Tao. I don't know. I'm. I'm a big believer in broken people hurt people. Mm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, he may not come from a place that has the amount of support that Nick and Charlie do. Mm. And, you know, family and all that. And he clearly doesn't have the same communication skills. No. Or oh, re- God, relationship no. building skills. Not at all. He clearly showed he has very low confidence in himself that he makes Charlie look like extremely confident. Where, you know, and so, and he has his own struggles dealing with falling for someone who's transgender so I just feel like sometimes and I this is something that I think the book also shows as a theme is you got to really look at the capacity of a person to be able to give you what you need from them it may be just out of his capacity at that time and maybe that's why he's gotten that much from tail as part of support and you know good communication and all that because he wasn't taught a lot of things So this would be a good opportunity for him to learn that through his friendship with Charlie and now Nick, you know, to see if he can just become just a better person. I think we saw that in different ways with different characters where there's some that are like, yeah, we know you're together. Uh, Everyone knows like anyone who really pays attention. Then there's some people who are, you know, reject it or make him feel bad for it. So I think he's just another element of that, you know. Um, Yeah. Can we dive a little bit more into his relationship with what is her name? I want to say Ellie. I thought it was L. It's E-L-L-E, right? L? Yeah, L. L. Yeah, so L. Yeah, L. Okay. So him and trying to talk to her, it was so hard to read look I felt so bad. It was. He has, like, it was like whiplash. Like, one minute he yeah. was confident, the next minute not confident. When he was having the conversation with Nick, it was like, well, why would she, you know like somebody like me and why would I put her yeah, through that he was type angry. of yeah, like I was like okay hold on I love how when Charlie walked in afterwards he's like hey what happened he's like I was trying to talk to him about L but I fucked it up he was like I'm going to the vending machine and Nick was just like I, 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 I don't yeah. know what to do I thought that was so funny it was like I didn't mean to I thought I was helping I guess I wasn't I made it work right see but that's the thing like you were saying like he doesn't know how to express things when it comes to like himself Mm -hmm. and his Mm -hmm. issues so i'm hoping in volume four we do get to see a little bit more of why that is and get to see him grow a little bit especially since because ellie i guess she was ellie l she was kind of the same way where she was just a little not 
that she didn't have, um, not that she had communication issues, but she was also kind of like, I don't know if he likes me. I don't know if we yeah, should but I like, think, do this or whatever. I kind of think hers might stem from a slightly different place. Do you know what I mean? Being that she's yeah. transgender and stuff. It's probably switch yeah. schools. Right. Had to switch schools. You know, it's like, I think her, her hesitation comes from uh, like self-preservation almost a little bit yes mm-hmm. yes whereas that makes sense yeah that's the perfect way to put it yeah whereas his uh, it might just it might be like he he just it doesn't have the tools necessary to communicate properly or didn't develop those in a sense but like i thought it was really interesting that that like it took them almost the entire fucking book to like uh, get to the point where they got to, to hold hands and then kiss oh yeah. my god Mm-hmm. But when it happened, I was just like, "Damn, finally. finally!" Right. And I love how we're getting like some private moments with these characters where they really talk about what the bullying and verbal abuse did to them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Charlie talks about cutting, oh, and yeah, you know, the suspicion of an oh eating my disorder. God. Yeah, starts, and you know, we know that Elle had to change schools and now she's back with these same kids that she was bullied from previously. But now they don't see her as a boy. Now they see her as a girl. And so she's trying to figure out how can I preserve what I built and, you know, be able to have that vulnerability with someone to even have a relationship, you know. And imagine the bravery took her just to show her face to these people, let alone have a, a, a relationship. You know, like there's just... A lot of important things going on and I love how the characters that they are in relationships with or um uh, interested in are showing that support to them. Yeah. So Nick's reaction, he just hugged him when he told him he was cutting. He just he just held him. I think it's interesting that like like you said, like the couples, they almost complement each other. Tara and Darcy, they are my favorite couple. Oh my God. Yeah. My favorite couple because they are they are so practical they're so funny but whenever they come on the page i'm I'm like in it i'm like all right bet especially because especially when darcy kept calling tara jones jonesy she's like don't worry about it jonesy <laughs> i can't yeah they're a staple that i need to see or keep seeing and it's like i love that we get that without because there's so much going on. I love that right off the bat, like, they're super confident. Mm. And they're the ones that are, like, giving advice to everybody else. I also like the fact that they're the couple that Nick and Charlie seem to feel the most comfortable around. Yeah. Because they, they get it. Yeah. It, they're mature. Exactly. Like, no matter how goofy they are in the pages, they are the most mature couple out of the entire friend group. Yeah. I think it's great that, like, Nick, and Charlie have these two people here that they feel confident that they can confide in. I think Charlie at one point is asking Tara about like, how did she come out as a, a couple with uh, Darcy? And all Tara said was basically it happened organically. And, and they didn't feel the need to announce it. People just automatically started seeing them together and automatically were like, oh, yeah, those two, they're definitely dating. Right. It's like, hey, I want to hold your hand in public. I'm going to hold your hand. Right. And we're going to walk down the hallways together. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. I love and that. And I love how we see Nick wanting to do that sometimes. Yes, he gets more and more comfortable. Speaking of which. Oh, we want to talk about the, <laughs> the bite. We want to talk about the hickey. Oh, yes. that was so We want to talk about the hickey. So fucking funny. I felt bad. Did you guys feel bad at all? No. I, okay, no, wait. I went through an array of emotions because 
okay, when it was when it first appeared and he called Nick over and they're talking, Nick's like, I didn't even I didn't even do that for that long. Like I didn't know it you could just like how? Like he, So innocent. So innocent. Right. Like he was so flustered and he just was just he couldn't understand how how that happened. I laughed. I thought it was the most funniest thing ever. This is a very natural reaction to somebody who's never done that before. I think I felt bad once Charlie was like, I don't have anything to cover it up with, like no clothing to cover it up with. So he had to go out there with it. And then other students immediately started saying stuff. That was when I was like, okay, now we're getting a taste of what the bullying was like for him when he first came out. I didn't even think about that when they were in the bathroom talking about it. I was just laughing. I was like, oh my God, like this is so funny. This is so like innocent. I guess like they're going to come out this is going to be the reason for the coming out whatever mm-hmm. but as soon as like you said those kids started being kids are fucking awful they are they can be not my kid not your kid not your kid but <laughs> <laughs> other kids who who haven't been taught the proper etiquettes and ways of the universe and yeah. people and shit like that awful fucking awful exactly and I, I feel like well i guess from a parent's perspective Anytime, like, my son is misbehaving in a certain way where I feel like it's kind of, like, in a taunting way, because kids do do that when they get in their meltdowns and their tantrums and stuff, I tell him, are you bullying me? And we have a conversation about bullying, like, almost all the time. And he automatically starts retracting and rethinking his steps. No, 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 mom, like, like starts to, like, communicate his intention. I'm like, oh, you're just frustrated. Okay, let me help you. <laughs> but the conversation of bullying that we clearly see starts from when they're really little, not when you're in the middle of a school setting. And you're dealing with other kids. Mm-hmm. For Nick to have in that moment where he's like, oh, my gosh, this is the moment that Charlie's been warning me about. And the way he just flipped it, he goes, that bite might have been for me. Are you jealous? The guy was so speechless. That was the best reaction. That was the best way to handle that. It was. And I was like, that was so perfect because he dealt with it, but it was non-confrontational at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. He didn't have to punch anybody in the face, even though I wouldn't have been mad if he did. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't start nothing if you don't want nothing, motherfucker. Oh my god, Nick is always ready to throw down. We know that. Thanks. I love it. <laughs> so can we talk about uh, what was it? The party they were drinking the vodka. They're like, oh, this is awful. Well, he was like, this tastes like metal. I was like, damn. <laughs> but you know what it probably was? Everclear, Amsterdam. If you don't know what Everclear is, you've lived a very very nice life. <laughs> And people can buy you top shelf liquor. But when you're poor and you're trying to get somebody to go to the liquor store for you because you're not 21 yet, and you want to get drunk and you don't care about which, how your stomach <laughs> feels afterwards. <laughs> my God, my intestines never recovered. <laughs> I liked that this party, it seemed like, granted, I'm sure they invited everybody, but that moment when Harry showed up, was it, is it Harry? When Harry showed up, it was Harry. And Tara was like, we don't need no homophobic fellows. Like, we don't need no homophobic dudes in this party. You could just no. go. No homophobic, no hateration, no holleration nah. in this dancery. You got to go. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I felt like that was such a big, like, that was such a nice moment of kind of unity. And also, Charlie standing up for himself. himself. Yeah. Because yeah. Harry had come to like apologize. He was such a dickhead about it. And Charlie was like, okay, well, you can apologize. That doesn't mean I have to forgive you. And that doesn't mean I have to be friends with you. Yes. 
thanks for deciding to be a decent fucking human being. Goodbye. But it, it it's the fact that he's out there. He's like, you choose now to want to apologize in front of everybody. You expect me to just go ahead and say, I forgive you. Like, I loved right. that Charlie was like, I don't need to forgive you. Like, I know Nick is proud. Like, I was like, I know Nick is proud. So proud. And it's like, even when I do decide to forgive you, I'm never going to forget. Right. And I know what your car looks like. So fuck around and find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh. God. You know what? You know what would be perfect? Something we got to do in the future. I got to write it down. We got to take, like, our favorite scenes and, like, rewrite them. Like, oh. have Morgan rewrite a scene. Yeah. yeah. Like, and she going to be like, this is what he really meant. Yeah. This is what she really mean. No, Dennis. I'll be so down for that. I think that'll be such a fun, a fun extra content. Like, yeah. how did we envision something to go down? I yeah. love that. Especially because you were calling me out about CC and Kale. I could break it down for you. <laughs> and it could be like a real cool, like just fun competition of who did it better. You can have me my crown right now because you already know. <laughs> um, really quick. Can we talk about when Charlie faded? Yes. And oh my God. How that just started the floodgates of so many different things. Yeah. yeah. So by this point, Nick's already has a you know, pretty solid idea that he's just Charlie's not eating the way he's supposed to. And at that moment, you know, the dynamic changed. And they start having this conversation about how eating has affected him and how, you know, I guess he he used it to deal with his trauma. He just resisted food because he felt like it was just an element of control that he had. The only element of control he had. Yeah. And how Nick responded was because he was like, I don't want you to feel like I'm broken. That you need to fix me. And he's like, no, it's not about that. It's I want to know what you're feeling all the time, every day, good or bad. And it was just so sweet and so supportive. And he was like, this is not about that at all. This is not about how I view you. It's because I really care about you. And I love how they put these snippets of what he thinks he's going to say. He thought he was going to say, I love you. I know. They both want to say, I love you to each other. Let me tell you something. If we get the volume four and they don't fucking say it, I am coming for you, Olsen. I am coming for you. We still need volume five and six is coming out. Volume six comes out in september wait volume five is already out no five okay wait volume five comes out in september sorry bitch don't play <laughs> volume five comes out in september and then i think volume six is set to come out later on morgan's okay. like you got me tripping Sex. right i'm like come on now <laughs> um i also wanted to talk about just backtrack to the party because nick and charlie actually came out yeah. To each other or came out to the party, told everybody that they were dating. So now everybody knows. Um, also, we get some talk about during the dur. The dur dur dur. The dur dur dur. We get some talk about during the dur. The dur dur dur. Yeah. Well, in the yeah. beginning, Charlie did say, I would love to do it with you one day. One yeah, day. Yeah, they were like, one day, one day. Just, you know, we're not ready right now. One day soon. I feel like the way that they're, they've been making out. It's one day soon. It, it's coming. It's coming. Exactly. Soon. Coming to, to a theater near you. <laughs> yep. It's going to happen. I love that. And coming in multiple aspects. Um, and Nick's dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what the fuck was the deal with that? Like, you don't have time to see your son? It seems like it's just your regular, like, you know, traveling business person. Dickhead. With a capital D. Wait, but then I want to... I do want to say the natural reaction that Charlie had to hearing Nick speak another language and being like flustered and be like, oh, OK, I relate. Same, same, Charlie. Same. And then when Nick started speaking, 
the French to him. Yes. And, he's like, Stop. and then he was like, <laughs> Mia Moore. I was like, yeah. I, like, I know. Like, Didn't he tell him he loved him in French? He said, no, he said, it's, it's not I love you. It's my love. Oh, it's my love. Okay, because bitch, I was swooning. I thought he said I love you in French. And I was like, oh, my God. No, the moment I saw it, he said my love. I was like, oh, we get in there. We get in there. Just a little bit more. Just a little See, bit more. See, my dumb ass. It's so romantic. It really is. But like in an innocent kid way. Green flag. I love it. I just love how supportive. And I know we've been saying this from the beginning. They're just very supportive of each other. They want each other to be so comfortable. And like it's exactly what you would want to have at a, at that point in time of your life. When you're trying to figure everything out. Who you are. You're trying to figure out your sexuality. You're trying to um, navigate high school. And, like, to have somebody like that by your side who is that supportive, who just wants to make sure you're okay, like, that's what everybody kind of needs at that point in time in their life. Like, But everybody needs always. I mean, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But that time is really important. Speaking of finding yourself, who found them in the hallway by the vending machine? Wait, let's really sit and talk about that because I think that that was a very interesting conversation. It was. The teachers came, mm-hmm. saw them, told them to leave. And then one of the teachers really was like, oh, like you've never gone and snuck out and, and tried to make out somewhere, blah, blah. And the other teacher had a very serious answer to it. He's like, yeah, well, when you come out in your mid-20s and you're past that point in, in your life where that type of thing excites you or that type of thing could happen to you, like it was... I felt bad for the teacher up until the other teacher was like, let's go to the room. Come on in. I was like, oh, I was like, she was like, somebody. we share in a room. Come on in. And he was like, are you, you flirting with me right now? It might not have been Nick and Charlie, but somebody definitely did the dirt on that trip. When I cackled, he looked. What did he? I'm gonna go back to the page. It's on page two fifty one. I don't remember the other teacher's name, but he's like, I don't think there's an age limit on those things. To be honest, and Mr. Farouk is like, Are you flirting with me? And he's like, Maybe. Oh, we better head back to the room. Let's go back to the room. Uh-huh. We're sharing. Uh-huh. We're sharing. You you about to find out exactly. You'll find out today. <laughs> everybody fucking. Everybody fucking. That yo that <laughs> trip literally. That trip was literally just like. And the opportunity for everybody to make out, to have situations like it—that's exactly what it was. Love is in the air, literally. Yeah. Last thing, closing up the book was when they got back to England. It was so sweet. Charlie was googling how to tell someone you love them. Yeah. And then we get the opposite reaction with Nick looking up eating disorders, and that is where the book ends. And I'm like, oh god. I feel like we're going to go into volume four with a headbanger. What it is, is that Nick truly deeply cares for Charlie. He just wants him to be okay. And his concern is that he's not okay. He's not. And I'm sure that the reason he's looking those things up is so that he can like, okay, let me let me see what the symptoms are. Let me see if this matches up with what Char- what's happening to Charlie. You know, how do I help in this aspect? But on the opposite end of that, if Charlie doesn't think that it's that big of a problem it's gonna cause or doesn't believe that he has a problem it's gonna yeah it's gonna cause a rift yeah and i'm really really hoping that that's something that they can work through i would hope so because if they break up alice i swear to god (laughs) i'm coming for you i also want to give kudos to the parents because they clearly raised really great kids 
They, we don't see enough of these parents, but the little interactions that you do see, it's very cute. It's very adorable. But how Nick and Charlie act around each other or how Nick and Charlie act in defense of each other or, you know, with their friends is a great representation of how their parents raise them. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's amazing. Like I think I said earlier on, everybody's supportive. It's the underlining thing here that the parents clearly raise their children to be amazing men because that's really what's happening. Yeah, I am excited, but also nervous to see what happens in volume four. Bring the drama. I'm ready. I know they're going to get through it. The love and fluffiness. I feel like this will be a different element of drama. This is going to be about, all right, so now you're in a relationship. You got through the hard part or what you thought was the hard part. But now you're going to learn what it really is to be in a relationship. To show all the ugly and not so nice parts of yourself and what you're dealing with and if that person still accepts you for it. Yes. And it's going to really test you. Like, do you still want it the same now that it looks like this? This is what it really looks like. Mm -hmm. That is going to be a game changer. Also, I really feel like like the way she's written her books, I feel like they're a good, I don't want to say research point. That sounds dumb. But they're a good reference to this is what could happen. You know, this is what your life could look like, the good, bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. This is what trauma looks like. Like, I feel like it pays homage to kids. It feels like it's a memoir of kids who are struggling with these with these issues. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love I love that because now it's really going to start getting real deep. You know, it's not just about whether you're going to come out or figuring out your sexuality. That's just the, the tip. Exactly. It's what comes after that, how you're managing your life and yourself and combining your life with someone else and all of these really difficult elements like nothing's easy. And I, I I'm really looking forward to seeing how that it's been a minute since I read it. So it'll be like fresh eyes for me. Well, we shall well, we shall see then. I would say, is there anything you learned from the the book so far about like yourself or? I feel like, yeah, because I, I remember playing time, especially going through uh, book number one where Nick was mm -hmm. struggling like so much with like, am I bi? Am I gay? Like, I don't know. I remember struggling, not like as much as he was, but just when I was younger being like, oh, well, I do find this girl attractive, but I'm not supposed to find her attractive. I'm not supposed to think like that. That's wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when I got to college, I was just kind of like, well, sexuality is very fluid. Like I can find a woman attractive and still be straight or find a woman attractive and be bisexual. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Whatever I'm comfortable with, I need to be comfortable with myself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Especially if you're like a big reader where you know that a very, very long time ago. Right. I mean, guys were doing what they wanted. Women were doing what they wanted. It, it wasn't a, a thing or a label. It was just like any other lifestyle. The only thing is, you know, the, the legality of marriage. But it wasn't a big deal like the way it is now in more contemporary times. I would say... It gave me flashbacks to when I was a kid, when I was bullied, I was bullied really bad. I've been in about 10 different schools. We moved a lot, even though I hated the act of moving. I mean, no kid really does enjoy it. I remember parts of me being relieved whenever we had to move again because I had escaped the bullying. <laughs> and um, it was, this reminds me of that. There were many moments where I felt like I wish I had a friend like Nick or Darcy or Tara like there were just many moments where I caught where there were just certain things that kind of like triggered my memory and um 
I feel like just as a parent, it, you know, helps me to help my son better and what to do if he ever sees it or experiences it mm-hmm. to like, this is probably a better way to handle it. You know, like, don't do what I did and like try to like hide in the shadows. Here's some other alternatives, you know? Yeah. Which just is a compliment to Alice and how her her writing is for any age. I also really, and I think we discussed this last episode too. I also really, really, really liked how she presented the parents mm-hmm. and how they're so supportive. And like, I already knew that I wanted to be like that, but it's just even more of a motivator to be open and to listen and make sure that my child is completely comfortable telling me whatever, you know, and knowing him, knowing that I'm still going to love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you, I want you to be able to tell me things, things that are maybe not necessarily easy. And I want you to know that I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to treat you any differently. I'm going to love you. Yeah. I think that and also not only telling your kids that, but also trying to help them prepare for what's to come from society. Now that you found this and I'm great that you found this, I, you know, and I'm going to be there for you 110 percent. Let's talk about what might happen. That's just the top layer of just being able to just tell them I love you and I accept you. And now we have to help them deal with it because society is not easy on anyone at any age. Well, see, my... My resolution to that was just carry around a baseball bat with spikes because I'm beating down every fucking body. Megan. Oh, did you watch Walking Dead? I did. She's going to have Lucille. I'm walking around with Lucille. I'm slashing tires. I'm hitting bitches in the face. Say something. What about you, Ash? Anything you learned or anything that like really stuck with you, like either like for yourself in your past or like probably all all three. I was bullied in middle school um, by people who I assumed were my friends. And it was really, yeah, yeah, it was really bad. Like, there was one incident where they actually called me and made me cry. And my dad was like, like you, Morgan, my dad was ready to go up into the school and be like, fucking, like, he was, yeah. No, dead ass, because kids can be assholes. I mean, yeah. I don't give a fuck. You can step outside, you and your mama. And both y'all get your ass beat. Exactly. Um. So there was like that. And like, this book really, I thoroughly enjoy this book because it gives me as, a sibling to someone who is trying to figure out their sexuality. It's very interesting to like read it because I'm sure he went through all of these things. So like to read that, I believe me, I was I'm ready to like once we're finished, I'm gonna be like, hey yo, I need you to read these. Like I need you to read these. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then also like as a parent, it because with Aiden, it doesn't matter if he is a Nick. It doesn't matter if he's a Charlie. It doesn't matter if he's an L. Like, if he's either one of those things, it doesn't matter to me as long as he's happy, as long as he's healthy, as long as he is happy in his decision. So, like, seeing these kids and seeing how supportive they are, it's what I want for Aiden. Yeah. I want him to be that supportive to anybody that's in his life. But I also want somebody to be that supportive for him. Uh Yeah. So, like... Yeah, as a it it like hits me all threefold. Like like yes, the bullying, yes, the whole sexuality situation, and also being a parent. I don't think I would have been able to appreciate this book as much as I do now if I would have read it years ago. You know what I mean? Like if it had been published years ago, not being a parent. Yes, I wouldn't be able to yeah. appreciate it the way I appreciate it now. Yeah, it hits different. Yeah, it does, and especially now with the society we're in, where they're trying to place so many you know, provisions on depending on your orientation. And it just really sucks really bad, you know. And I, at at one point at the very end, 
I asked myself, what would Nick and Charlie do if they lived in our world in 2023? And this is the government that they had to deal with. And I kind of just like shook it out of my head like, oh, you know what I mean? Like real talk. So we got deep there for a second, guys, but. (laughs) No, because this is shit that needs to be that needs to be talked about. It does. Yeah. And we're not going to be able to fit it into this episode, but it's definitely important. It's stuff that should be talked about more and it's not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Everybody knows it's there. They don't talk about it as much as they should. It's stuff that needs to be talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think maybe our listeners were kind of hoping for that too. a little bit of that uh, diving into that just because it's such an important topic and it's so relevant to what we're dealing with now. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. I concur. Well, with that being said, so <laughs> don't forget to follow us on social media, on Instagram and TikTok at the Novel Society Podcast and on Twitter at the Novel Society Pod. We want to say thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for the deep dive conversation. Um, stay tuned for the watch along that we plan to do and hope you guys enjoyed. We love you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.